Um, but outside of that, that's that's about it on that one. Um, congratulations on the show. Let me tell you a little bit of a quick story, real fast. Um, my family were originally from Virginia, um, the center of Virginia, like right below Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. So growing up, my aunts and uncles, when they got older, they went to Prince George County, and they moved up around that area. And then they started moving further out. They would go out to like a little place called Laurel, Maryland. Then another group of them would, would move further out to a place called Waldorf. I think that's what it's called. So the Landover Mall, we used to go there. Like I come up in the summertime, stay with mine all through the summer. So we go to Landover Mall uh, here and there. But it was this store called Woolworth. If you if you was doing right, you got to go get something at Woolworth. And I remember that being up in that area. And then uh, from that time on, I think I don't remember exactly what happened to the Landover Mall, but something happened. And then we started going to the Iverson Mall south of there, you know, <laughs> yeah. doing shopping and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something happened along the way. So we ended up going out that way. But uh, that's that's about it there. So um, I do want to tell you thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate that. Hey man, I uh, appreciate you for taking the time out to join me today. You know. Oh yeah. I, I uh I've been seeing what you've been doing. I've been checking out your work. You know, and uh, I think it's commendable. I think that more people need to pay attention to uh, you know, what I'm saying everything you got going on because not everybody actually takes the time to do research and, you know, uh, take advantage of the insights when it comes to the business, you know? Oh yeah, no doubt in that. And, and that's one thing like, uh, that kind of got me by storm, like just because of the, t- the nature of the work that I do, like, you know, if you want to be a exceptional podcaster, you do just a little bit of reading a little bit of research. For instance, um, if you don't mind, if I just, just do this real quick, um, I, I, sometimes I got to write out a few things, but like being an exceptional podcast, you got to worry about two things, right? Um, when, when you got an audience, right? A certain part of your audience is going to think that your podcast is authentic and they're going to get real familiar with it. Then there's going to be another side that's going to think it's funny and not on point. So like, that's the first thing and building your intimacy, you know, with inside your podcast that you have to do. And the thing that I hate about people when they get on and do these videos and say this and that about, uh, be authentic, build a podcast. Well, not everybody's going to get what you mean by saying authentic or conveying a message. Like people need a little bit more insight. That's why like, I try to say a little bit more, like, you know, authenticity in a podcast. And you can agree with me on this. Probably the thing is, is that it's not about, um, facts or anything like that. It's about the vulnerability of who you are. Like if you, somebody from the streets or somebody from the suburbs or wherever you're from, if you're passionate about what you're talking about, and you can wrap your audience around your voice and your delivery. That's how you make a bond to keep listeners. And then the next thing that really gets me, though, is people don't practice this. You got to practice ha- having um, an active listening part to you. And when I say that, I'm not talking about actively listening to your own podcast. I'm talking about you got to go out here. You got to check out the guys in Landover. I got to check out the dudes in Baltimore. Got to check out the guys out there in Annapolis, what they doing on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Even though I live in West Virginia, I still got to see what you guys are doing because what y'all guys are doing 
I need to emulate some of that. It ain't Mr. Me Too on these things, but it's like if you got a good podcast vibe and you're doing the videos and you're doing um, all this other stuff, and I ain't calling it extra, but I'm saying you're doing all this uh, publicity different. with your stuff. Yeah, different stuff. I got to see what you're doing and see how I can bring that into my realm because obviously it's making you popular. And people will not actively listen to other podcasts. And when, like I said, when I'm listening, I ain't talking about actually sitting there listening to the podcast. I'm saying actively watch that podcast. You do those things, you'll have an exceptional podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. And then um, just outside of that, it's just like, it's so many ways to fine tune your podcast to make it to where it works out for people because uh, they always, everybody always talks about consistency. And I agree, you should have a consistent podcast, right? Mm-hmm. But you should have a way that you can actually communicate with your listeners. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts with my consultant business mm-hmm. between me and the rest of my team. So we, you know, we go out here and we're like, all right, I'm gonna listen to the Salem. And even though you don't want to compare another podcast to another podcast, mm-hmm. but if they in the same genre, you can kind of put them both together and be like, what's it different about this one? And why has this one got a certain sound to it? And this one don't have that sound. Or why certain things don't match up here or there. Cause like a good example is a genre of a true crime podcast. Mm-hmm. When you listen to a true crime podcast, either they're going to be a storyteller or there's somebody that reads facts. If it's a storyteller, it's going to be way better than that person that just reads facts. Cause anybody can read facts. I mean, you can go watch unsolved mysteries and get that scary voice mm-hmm. and not even watch the true crime. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. So, uh, yeah. So definitely on that one, just certain things like that. And then, um, then we come to a point with podcasts also. I really try to ask people this. When you're doing your podcast, when you start out your first 10 episodes, I don't care who you are, if you got a business behind you or whatever, the first 10 episodes, it's a hobby. But after that 10th episode, you start seeing who's listening. You see who's watching. So when you get to, even if even if you have low numbers, if you start your podcast and only have like five or 10 listeners, when you get up to 25 and 30 listeners for your podcast, you have a formula for what you're doing. And when you get that formula, nine times out of 10, you got to decide if you're going to monetize with it or are you going to use podcasting as an advertisement for your side hustle? Because, you know, one of them, or if you're a self-help guru, how are you going to make money off of that help that you're giving? And that's when a lot of times people come to me and talk. And some things, uh, and I'm glad you had me on the show that I'd like to talk about, is about the monetization. This is the hardest part of podcasting for people. And people want to charge you $800 for this or that or some craziness to to monetize. Mm-hmm. And my thought is, like, you don't even have to do that. Like, I, I got some just some real simple advice. Because uh, it's one thing that was taught to me about listening to some of these paid people and all that stuff. You can give somebody the formula to monetize, right? But you don't want to sit here and give them the whole boat and and the oars to row. Because when you give them the oars to row, if they're not business savvy, they're going to mess it up for the next man. When it comes to actual business, give them, like I said, put, put training wheels on it all day long. So the number one thing that I say that you can do to start off to see if you're going to make money with your podcast is guest monetization It's real simple. I'm not talking about the portion of charging a guest because you got to get your show to a certain level before you can start charging guests, you know, mm-hmm. but guest monetization works like this. 
if you do a podcast with someone and I'm not talking about podcast collaboration, but I'm talking about you bring on a guest, let's just use a life coach. For example, mm-hmm. you have that life coach, you set certain guidelines, you stay real strict with this and you let them know, Hey, I'm going to give you these ads. I need you to post them at this time and that time. And you do the research and find out when the best times for you to post ads. Cause whatever the algorithm is for Instagram, that might not be the same for your area. Have that, have that uh, guest post those ads and those ads will bring you money because they're going to bring you downloads. They're going to bring you their crop of, of, uh, of followers over to your stuff. Even if you got your own fan base, that's yeah. the very first part to start at. The next, instead of putting ads all into your um, yes. podcast, because a lot of people want to put ads in. We'll talk about that in a minute. Product placement, a clear example. If you look at most people, that's making money in this business because there's only 1% of podcasts. And this is scary. 1% of podcasts that make actual money. And we're, when I talk about money, I'm talking about if your cost to make your podcast is you use Zoom and your internet bills $50. If you're making $75 and your mic's already been paid for through your podcast, then you're making money. Mm-hmm. You know, because we ain't going to put a, I'm not going to put a cap on if you're making two, $300 off each episode or something like that. That's not that that just that right there will discourage some people because they're not going to do that right off that. And a lot of people are not going to make money podcasting mm-hmm. because they, you know, because they're not business savvy in certain areas. But product placement, if I take this watch, for instance, this Apple watch, I place it in my, my video or even in a picture. I don't have to say nothing about it or anything. If you can get a pitch together, which is how you sell your show to one of these um, companies like Apple. Apple's gonna pay you for product placement. Um, Blue microphones gonna play, pay you for pro, I mean for product placement. You can do it in small videos, pictures. You can do it without saying a word. And for that, it's just looking around your demographics. Next is like you can get an endorsement, and the endorsement is like, and it's real simple. Everybody knows what one is. It's like slapping um, Hawaiian Punch presents Big T, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you if you do that type of endorsement, it's a lot of ways to get around to that. And with that, it's, it's kind of crazy because not everybody's gonna get that because not everybody's got that pitch and follow up. And that's where another another type of way you have to find somebody that can write that pitch for you in that follow up. But at the end of the day, any of this, you're gonna have to put forth the effort, even if they have the connection to get you there to present it. That's one thing I tell people before you um get started on this. Then the next thing you got to think about, and this is the hardest thing. When you start out, we let the world have all kinds of access to us when we're first starting out. You out here, you got the uh, the freedom to let people know you on Snapchat or you making videos inside the mall, all this other stuff. But when you start monetizing, you got to cut that. Your access has to be paid for. And I'm not saying you got to get on a Patreon or something like that, but if people want exclusive uh, material or some of your personal time, it's got to be at a price. You can't just sit here and be letting everybody get all your time and you're not making money off of it because you only got 24 hours in a day, correct? Mm-hmm. So the way that you allow access to, and there's tears because there are people that are willing once they get the intimacy from your episode like we talked about just a minute ago. Once you build up like a rapport with these people, they were willing to spend money with you. And a key thing about any of this is the people that's going to be spending money on you and with you are not going to be your family. They're not going to be your friends. It's going to be a complete stranger because family and friends don't, just like I say about followers on Instagram, they don't amount to a hill of beans when it comes to 
you making money off your podcast. It's going to be that person that lives in Wichita, Kansas, that guy that lives out there in uh, Elkins, Maryland, that you ain't never even been to, hmm. or out there in, uh, what's a good place? Uh, Hagerstown. I don't know if I go to Hagerstown no more. Hagerstown, Maryland. He's going to get put on and put money into you because he ain't out there where you are, but he likes to feel, and you're going to make him feel like he can come to Landover to uh, to hang out and chill. You're going to give him that kind of vibe. Now, he might not really be able to in real life, but he'll have that feeling for me. And that's where that access comes in. Then the next step, once you've done some of these things to build up some money, you got to start having premium content. And when I tell people premium content, I'm saying like this, um, and this is just an example of me, right? What happened with me, me and this uh, podcast in Europe, we had beef. Like we was going back and forth. Like we was put, we was put, look, we was putting this thing to wax, like da, 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 da. But you know where you didn't hear it in the free space, mm-hmm. them, them hundred plus people that's paying that little two ninety nine to be part of the Legion as we call it over on my end. Uh-huh. They got all of that wax and no, it wasn't, we didn't tailor it or doctor it up. We would podcast the podcast just like you would be like a rap disc. Mm-hmm. I said this, they said that, and then the beef died, and now we don't talk. But the thing is, is that I offered a platform for that to take place, and it didn't mess up my brand or nothing, but people got to see the true politics inside podcasting, but they paid for it. So there's so much you can do with premium stuff after you go through one of those other levels to get there. And I tell everybody, this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. It doesn't matter who gets there fast because whoever gets there first usually fizzles. It's these podcasts that spend $300 an episode in the, or in these professional places that just break even. It's the cast that's out there that's doing these podcasts and figured a way to get it to a minimum cost that make money. And um, another thing is uh, SEO, search engine optimization. When you are doing a podcast, right? Your podcast is on Google, Google Podcasts. Uh-huh. If your show notes are not on point, like if you don't actually do real show notes, you taking that much money out of your pocket because you, the, the goal in podcasting to get people to listen is how many different people are going to listen from different arenas. You got Facebook people, you got Twitter, you got Tumblr, you got Pinterest, you got Reddit, you got LinkedIn, you got so many places that people are going to come from because that's where they look at day news. You know, me and you might just jump on Instagram. That's where we get our news. Or a business dude might just go to LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Well, I got to tailor to all these people so they can see my podcast. I can't just sit on Instagram all day and do lives and do this and that and hope to generate audience and make some money. Because the truth behold, be told, I'm sorry. I didn't mean behold. Be told inside of Instagram live stuff, I don't see how they monetize off of it. I know that Instagram will let you make a little money off of it, but not everybody's going to get to 10,000 listener. I mean, uh, followers. Uh, 10,000 followers to do all the extra stuff that you're, that you're able to do because Instagram kind of puts you in a little cage, just like an institution, not like a little prison to a degree. If you make it out, that's all right. And if you don't make it out, we're going to keep you here. And I say, think about this too. Instagram doesn't let you put links in your post. Mm-hmm. So anything you do doing selling merchandise or anything like that, it all gets lost. All you can do is put a link tree there and half the people, I'm going to say 70% of the people out here, I can go to their website, go to the link tree and something don't work and nobody tells them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always tell everybody, you know, do a double check on that. Um, and then the next thing, YouTube is a place that has a different SEO and a different 
um, way of monetizing. I tell people after you're done with your episodes, if you haven't put them out on uh, Instagram, I mean, on YouTube, put them out over there later. You do a full season, put the whole season out on on YouTube and see what it, what, what happens with it. It's a hard place to advertise. It's a place that if you go over there and you do something like that, you got to mess with somebody that's savvy with that. You can't just get one of these cats that's running around on Instagram doing stuff because that is not the same ball game. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I'll say there. You cannot trust nobody who does YouTube and Instagram and Facebook with the videos to be making money across the board. You're only going to make money on one of them platforms. Because if you're making it on YouTube, you don't need Instagram. Just logic there. Now, over to the merchandise. Any and everybody is going to give you their whole take on merchandise. Some people can get in with good people that will produce their product for a little bit of nothing so they can make money. Me personally, me and the old lady Stacy and my co-host, we went out and bought that cricket machine. I bought that cricket machine. It cuts that vinyl. She got that press. It makes them t-shirts. It makes them cups. It makes the keychains. I had to keep everything in-house because I knew that at some point you're going to have to give away some merchandise as promotional stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would hate to have to come pay you $200 to make my merchandise then pay you another 200 to make some more. And, you know, somebody, you're going to have to give away some of your promotional stuff. You will have to give to people to get them involved if you want more listeners and different things like keychains. So I'd rather keep it in-house and try to make that cost up somewhere else, you know? So merchandising, I always say, like, when you get merchandise up there, pay attention to how your money's being spent and how you're doing it. And if you do that, you'll be successful with that. Me personally, I try to keep everything in house. I don't want to try to give out too much money to people. If it's something like uh, graphic design or something like that, that's different because that's not my speed. You know, certain things I'm not going to have that speed for. So merchandise, that's all up to you. Now here goes the next thing. And this is like a little superlative thing. I always talk about Bluetooth speakers. That's the party. That's where you get your podcast out there in parks and different places. Now I know in certain cities and certain areas, you ain't going to be able to do that. I get that. But in restaurants, and, we, and I ain't talking about like fine dining. I'm talking about like these little spots where, where people go like uh, the cafes, like on Friends and shit like that. Okay. Um, you can you can talk to owners and you can host a podcast party because people will listen to your podcast and they will be willing to discuss it. You can go and I ain't saying you got to do like me. Had a little projector to throw it up on uh, a Google podcast or whatever I use to play it so people can see it because all they're seeing is the little your logo and then listening to it but yeah. you could throw a podcast party somewhere and and i know it doesn't sound sound very uh it sounds very elementary but if you really think about it you throw it and people hear it and you leave a forum open to discuss it even if you do it online if you do it right from where you are right now and you live stream it the thing is you're giving people an opportunity to see you and to draw up that uh reality intimacy intimacy is the the highest selling point in this thing. You've got to build it to where people feel like they can sit on the couch in your house and chop it up with you. If you can't do that, you're not going to do anything. And then the last thing, which is the greatest thing uh, inside of monetization is local business. Restaurants have radio airtime that they can give to you instead of giving to a freaking radio station. You can undercut their costs and make it a little cheaper. You can actually go out and find out what radio stations are charging to, to do this. Undercut that middleman out because we are the new radio. When's the last time you turned on the radio? 
<laughs> not not often. <laughs> right, right. But you are the new radio. People listening to your podcast, people take time to put that over their ears, in the shower, in the car, wherever. They're going to listen to you over with someone on the radio. If they want to hear music, they got Spotify and Apple Music to find exactly what they want. So why let that advertisement go into dead space? But that right there, that's pretty much like the, the, the not the bulk, but that's like the generalization of how to monetize different ways to do it. And it's in other ways outside the box, like uh, spilling over to the one thing that nobody talks about real quick, if you don't mind, Go ahead. is the actual, is, the, is actually the advertising portion of podcasting. We don't talk about that because you're on these host sites and these host sites don't promote your podcast. I don't care if you were Buzzsprout, uh, Podbean, whoever, you still got to get out there and promote it. Mm-hmm. So one thing I say, and this is the one tip I will give away for free, is this one thing. Take your podcast from Spotify or somewhere that will let you share it to Snapchat. You live in Landover, Maryland. You can get to D.C. in what, 45 minutes? Uh, no, I'm 10 minutes outside of D.C. I see 10 minutes. Well, my bad. you 10 minutes outside of D.C. <laughs> you, you, what, an hour from Baltimore? But Yeah, about that. So if you travel to any of the monuments in Washington, D.C., you can get it on the Snap Map. You can use Spotify. Share your podcast right there to Washington, D.C. A bunch of kids will see your logo because they're looking on the Snap Map because everybody, all the long, young kids and, and stuff, look on there and see this podcast. They listen to it. They might like it. If they don't like it, they pass it along to their parents. I guarantee you. Parents don't want to have to click through 40 million different things to get to a podcast. If a kid puts it right there on that phone through Spotify or Apple or whoever, you just got a listener. Then you didn't have to go out here and advertise on Instagram or take time away from your normal life to get listeners. So any area, like like when I travel, I go to rest areas. Don't you know the episode we do or something is going to pop up right there? Kid is going to get it. He's going to be like, man, West Virginia Uncommonplace is whack. But my grandma listened to it, though. <laughs> Bam. And, and that's the key to advertising. You got to think outside the box. You can't just do this. Uh, I call it the brick and mortar. You can't just be, I'm going to post a meme. I'm going to post this or that and think that you're going to get listeners. Because our followers are podcasters listening to podcasters. You may have some fans on there. But at least, let me see, let me look at the paper. 76% of my listeners do not follow my behind. I mean, don't follow me on Instagram. Isn't that okay. kind of crazy? Yeah. So but that, that, I mean, that's what they they. I mean, they're not there to follow your social media. They're there to listen to your show and enjoy your content. Right, right, right. So I'm sorry that I took over that real quick with all that extraness. But go ahead. Uh, what else you got for me? Um, I was I was going to say, uh, you know, I appreciate all the information. Um, a lot of things I took note of that I'm gonna take advantage of myself. On top of that, I know that uh, you had mentioned earlier that you you ended up getting to beef with international beef with uh another set of podcasters. How did that come about? Um, basically, this is what happened, and and this is where I go in about guests. They had they weren't even a podcast and they was a just a normal group. And I ain't gonna state their name because people know who they are. Because mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't gossip. Basically, they did two shows with me and they tried to say that I was trying to capitalize off them. Um, they said that I asked them the same questions uh a second time over, which I didn't. They had the same content, but they were actually releasing a book. 
So I brought him back on to give him a refresher because I was like, man, you did numbers for me. Then let me do you another favor because it's closer to your release date. Uh-huh. Well, I'm a very invasive person. When you come to me to do podcasting business, like real business, I'm going to ask you some real personal questions. I'm, I need to know your numbers. I'm not going to go on Chartable or use a paid service to go find out your information. I want you to just be 100% honest with me. And if you're not honest with me and you lie about it and I go to Chartable or somewhere else where I can pull up your real numbers, uh-huh. I'm going to get mad. So when we... uh when it was time to do everything, they had launched their podcast. They did two shows and they really lied to me about the numbers. They really exaggerated them. Like I'm talking about ridiculous. Well, if I'm a consultant and I do this as my second job, you know, I'm going to know your numbers. I'm going to look at them. I'm going to know what you're doing exactly because your numbers are public numbers. And I always tell people, don't think just because you have it locked down on anchor that somebody cannot see your numbers because they can they can pay to go see your numbers. So I looked at the numbers and I came back and I was real, I'm real I'm real concise. I don't beat around the bush. I don't have time for that because I'm here to help you. I want someone to grow if you're doing business with me. Now, if we're just friends and we're talking to stuff over, I'm not going to be invasive. You tell me what you want me to know, and I'm just going to act like that's what's going on, you know, but they came to me for business. Like, how can I make more money? And I told him, I was like, you can do this, this, and that. But, But I asked him a question that I went back on later, and I shouldn't have asked it. I asked him, what was your next plan? what were you planning to do in the third episode? And they felt like that was too invasive. Like they thought I was trying to steal their idea. Hmm. And I told them you're an international podcast. You're over there in England. I could give two rats. We can cuss on here, right? Yeah. I was like, I could give two rats ass what you're doing over there. I got my own platform. I'm just trying to help you out. If you want business, I'm going to give you business. We're not going to sit here and act like we're going to hold hands inside the church and be all cool about things. We're going to be outside. It's going to be sweaty. You're going to be at the lemonade stand. You're going to be selling the lemonade, but I'm going to tell you what flavors to put in because that's what I do because I can find out the flavors you need. My team can find that out and we can do those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So so strawberry lemonade sells on Sundays. What we going to have out there? Strawberry lemonade. But on the other corner with the next podcast, I'm going to tell them put out peach so that the peach and the strawberry is not full competition, but they real competition because they're two different things going into each other instead of both of them doing strawberry lemonade, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how to end it. It basically was just uh, I was too tough or or I asked the wrong question. (laughs) Well, I I don't think that you was too tough. I think that, you know, ego and a little ignorance played a part in, you know, stirring up the the tension. So with people like that, I mean, you take it for what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I'm not going to go back and forth with you, uh, especially when it comes to business. But you know, I'm going to feed you with a long handle spoon. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we could be cordial. I definitely cordial. feel you on that. Yeah, we could be cordial. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm going to chuck the deuce at you, you know? But um, but let me add this in, though. And this is where you see where the business comes in. I, I like professional wrestling. So I've seen this as like like a little feud, like a little um, Brock Lesnar versus whoever, right? Mm-hmm. I ain't going to say who was Brock Lesnar in this situation. <laughs> But I I seen it like Brock Lesnar versus whoever he's going to beat up in the pay-per-view. So why not put this in a, cause you got to be careful about what you do on the outside of your podcast. But in that premium arena, I can put that out and people want to hear that. That's juicy. Even I, even I want to go back and hear it, but I ain't paying to hear it here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, that's where the business came in. I was like, man, we can market this. Even though we was out here at odds, 
I was like, let's throw it over here. Let's not put it out in the public. Cause at first I just wanted to put that shit out to wax, just like some Jay-Z, I mean, Jay-Z, Nas, Ether type beef. Mm-hmm. But I realized that if I had done that, I'm going to lose some of them Brit- British listeners and yeah. this, this, and that. But people paying for it, heard it, respected it, gave me their critique. We went on with life. Yeah. And then, he, I mean, you played it right also, on, you know, capitalize on the situation and not trying to, you know, uh, real push your image to like, oh, this is who I am if someone tries me. You know what I'm saying? No. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to let your your attitude or your words or your methods change who I am. What I am going to do is uh, I'm going to think about my business before I let you change, you know what I'm saying, what I got going on or have that dictate my next move. So if you want to do it, let's carry it this way and make some money <laughs> from it at the same time. Right. Most and that's definitely. how that one played out. And, th- and th- other than that, um, I'll tell you one thing I did learn is I learned never have beef in this business. If um, you come to me for business, like if that's the very first thing you do with me, then mm-hmm. that's our relationship. But if you come to me on some humble stuff, like not humble, but you come to me like, yo, I'm digging your podcast. I don't really like this about your podcast. I'm going to take that grain of salt and be like, yeah, that's right. Something ain't right about that. I shouldn't have did a podcast about about um, the seven dwarves without Snow White or something like that. I should have had Snow White in there too. I'm, I'm good. That's good criticism. I need to hear that. But if Man. you come to me straight for business and then I give you them answers or ask you them questions you don't like, because had, I've had quite a few podcasts do that. You know, I will answer any question for free. And, and I'm saying it just like this because I need this to be out there on wax. Um, I will answer any question that I can help you with your podcast if it's something gauging. But if I have to do analytical work to your podcast, you got to pay me for my time. And that's the only thing that gets twisted because, you know, I'm going to have I got people that listens that will actually listen to your podcast. I've got an ensemble of 14 people that will listen in different demographics across the U.S., to let you know how they feel about your podcast, what they think. You only need 14 opinions. If you need more than that, then I don't know, you know, but that's that on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like you structure your podcast around uh, your consultant experience. And along with that, you kind of figured out a game plan to not only, you know, advertise yourself, but, you know, help others along the way. And while doing that, you actually gained a, a bigger or a better perspective when it comes to the podcasting side of the business. And not just that, but, you know, tricks in the trades that, you know, that's going to help others instead of just trying to benefit from, you know, other people's uh, show or platform or whatever it might is. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's why, like, I do that. Uh, like you said, the podcast collide because this is what happened to me. And I, and I don't tell this story enough. Uh, and this is just real fast. Mm-hmm. I started, I got back into podcast in August of last year, right? Mm-hmm. I took two years off. These two 18-year-old girls, right? They had this show called The Late Late Interview. They show was fire. And I, and I just felt in my heart that, you know, I knew it wasn't going to last. And I don't think they knew it. But these girls took two hours, right? And they gave me the whole podcast game. Most of the stuff I told you, they taught me how to do Canva because I'm old school. I'll get on Microsoft Paint and make my stuff. Mm -hmm. They taught me Canva. They taught me the business. And after that, they did like three more shows and then they never came back. And I was like, somebody actually took the time that didn't know me from a can of paint. They was from somewhere. I don't even know where they were from. It was like the Midwest, somewhere I don't even travel to. Okay. But 
But they took that time to just show me that little bit, all because I like their podcast, followed it, and listened to four episodes and told them that the third one was garbage. Like I said, you had consistent work in one, two, and four, but three, you should have put that one back in the archives, bring it, repurpose it, and bring it out as like a blooper episode. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, it always, it, yeah, it happens. Like I, I got some trash sometimes, and I, and I don't want to put it out, but the way my numbers is looking, I gotta roll with that momentum, and then I go back later and be like, man, if I ain't, wish I didn't do that, but it's numbers after a while. Still keep good quality content, but like with the podcast a lot, I did it because it got to a point where I was like, everybody was liking each other's podcasts. You were learning about this, this and that. And there was a divide in podcasting. Like it was certain episodes could get certain traction because of the people that they followed in the independent realm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then came along um, Pat from podcastagram. If you're mm-hmm. familiar with him, which he's a great guy. Um, he did that little tournament and he took the suburban podcast and the urban podcast, which is not, I've explained on other episodes. I'm not talking black or white. I'm just talking about the different demographics. Cause I live yeah. in West Virginia. It ain't nothing but mountains. You either live in a trailer, live in an apartment or live in a house. It ain't no in between, you know? Man. And then you got some podcasts that's just middle-class, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then you got urban podcasts where just could be where you're in the city. If you live in the metropolitan area of DC, you know, you go down to the southern part, like that's going touching back to Virginia. That's more of your, you know, it's it's scattered all over. Yeah. So you, so you get what I'm saying. So um, Pat put together these um, different podcasts in this tournament. And beforehand, I started reaching out to podcasts that I didn't listen to at all. And where I travel, I do like from West Virginia to here. I actually cut around your area. I'm up in New Jersey right now. Um mm-hmm. And that little six hour trip, I'll listen to different podcasts that I don't listen to. I, I gotta they gotta fit a certain criteria. Like I like a show that's like uh an hour long. Anything more than an hour, I can't listen to it because that's you can make that two episodes and make money off that. But you know, 45 minutes is like a good stopping point on a show for real. If you're gonna try to do more with it, if you're gonna do branding and stuff like that, that's different. But anyway, so these podcast cast collab episodes, I found podcasts that was doing something, but they just didn't have that traction. And I'm not a podcaster. I'm a talk show host. I'm going to ask you questions as gripping. I watched 2020 growing up in life. So I got them Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer, John Stossel, whoever the interviewer is questions. So I'm going to get what I need out of you and put you in a certain light that gets you a little rocky on the edge, but it shows that vulnerability so that somebody can be like, man, it's more to this person than just what's perceived on a podcast. And that's all I ever strive to do. I ain't really even ever worried about the listeners. I just want to break that mold that this certain podcaster is this when this podcaster is versatile, you know? Yeah, most definitely. I think that, uh, I think that other podcasters don't listen to other podcasts because, um, because they feel as though they, they always stuck in that space. Like, you know, I, I listen to myself talk or I listen to somebody else talk on my show and I don't want to hear somebody else do the same when, you know, I can say no two podcasts are like, that's, you know, that's the first thing. Another thing is, um, unless, unless you know that you are doing something totally different, a lot of people don't want to subconsciously, like pick up on something and, you know what I'm saying, end up 
adapting that to what they're doing because it's, then it becomes like okay they jocking my style or whatever or riding my coattail or trying to you know saying claim an idea as, uh, as they own and when it comes to ego that's when you get those little beefs or subliminal shots shot at you or whatever or you know what i'm saying somebody might mention you on the live and you know, as an adults, because that's mainly who you see doing <laughs> podcasts, you would expect people to rise above that. But that's not the case. This is 2021. We 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 see all types of shit going on that doesn't need to happen, but it happens anyway. So right. I, I think once people get out of their own way and just realize that, I think a lot of problems when it comes to community can stop and just, you know, have an actual conversation and and some comprehension behind it, not just like, okay, we talked about it, we can dead it and move on. Like, do do we actually have the understanding or we just wanted to get this conversation out the way? Because that's the difference between, you know what I'm saying, uh, two adults talking and two people talking at each other. You feel me? Yeah, I feel you on that. And, and to touch on that a little bit, uh, I definitely wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, the one thing that I say, because I got an episode I'll be doing at some point called Mr. Me Too. You remember Mr. Me Too, the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, you do see that sometimes, and like I say, if you emulate, like, if you take a little bit from someone else, that's cool. Um, show a little respect on it, just like you would if you was taking somebody's flow for rapping. Just like, uh, I'll tell you one, one thing that I always use as an example and tell people that you Mr. Me Too. Look at how Ludacris used to rap to the way that Big Sean raps with that super flow. Mm-hmm. There won't no credit given on that. He had a different twang to it but it was the same it's the same flow that super flow yeah a collabo could have been done and made that right but today they'll they'll always be at odds because big sean took that super flow to another level and ludicrous got mad ludicrous has hits and everything and i ain't gonna disrespect either one of them i'm just saying that that super flow belongs to big sean in this generation now when ludicrous was the father of that thing but anyway yeah, but yeah, but like like you're saying, yeah, people should uh, own up a little bit and have a little bit of accountability to you um, in doing that. Like, and the way that I avoid stuff like that is this: when it actually comes to listening to podcasts, I'm not gonna say I sit there and listen to every single podcast every week. Mm-hmm. You got seven days in a week, and one of them days you're not busy because if you work seven days a week, you're working way too hard. You putting yourself in the grave early. Everybody has 15 minutes free every day, right? And I'm talking about, really, we're going to talk about a person that works a 12-hour day, right? You get two 15-minute breaks. One of them breaks you either on TikTok, Facebook, or you're calling your, your boo. The other one, you're staring at the wall or you're doing just something that, whatever. All you got to do is listen to five minutes of somebody's podcast. Or you can either interject. And I'll do this just because sometimes I don't have the time to listen. And people don't have the time to listen to all mine. Tell me where I can find the finer points in your podcast so this will make me listen to the whole thing. If you're that blunt, that honest with people, people will understand. And I'm saying that on wax right now because I will tell a guy, you got a podcast. It's 45 minutes long. I can give you that. I can do that. You got a podcast. It's an hour and 30 minutes. Where does the show start? Does it start at minute 1532? Does it start at 4518 or does it start at 6032 or at an hour and 10 minutes? You know? Mm-hmm. So, you know. And on that, like, yeah, you can kind of do that and everything work out. And then some people you have to be the one thing in the business, you got to be real careful how you talk to some people, because some people come from a different um, respect. You know what I'm saying? And and they're not used to having people being so forward and so blunt and honest. 
And um, usually the catch wave on that, I hate to say this, but in this business, it's a lot of gossip you hear. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be 100 percent because a lot of people say that I am not approachable. Like if you if you're not talking to me about business, I will not even listen to you. And that's not even the case. I hold friendly conversation with everybody. I try to big up all kinds of podcasts. If I can get a listen or one of my people that's out there that listening to the, your podcast throws your podcast at me, and and I ask them, I don't ask you. I'll be like, yo, what's the fire in this? This cat's over in Landover. What's he doing in Landover that they not doing um out there in Suitland? Why is it? Why should I listen to him over the cat in Suitland uh-huh. or the guy in Marlowe Heights? And they'll explain like, man, he just got this going right here and there. Listen to how he talks to the guests, how he pulled the questions out, blah, 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 blah. Somebody do that for me. I'm definitely listening. Which is case. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it comes to, I can't really say this generation. Um, the people living in these day and age, uh, 56% of them are like mostly sensitive. You know what I'm saying? So you yeah, gotta Terry treat them, Yeah, you got to treat them with kid gloves and I'm just like when <clears throat> when you when you can uh, so people of our generation, right? How, how old are you, JR? 36. Okay, so same same age, right? So yeah. we came up 85. in a different era. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We came up in a different era and we we kind of traditionalized the way we came up and the way we grew up and the people that came around us or the people that showed us the way and we kept that going and we noticed the change and we adhered to it but we kept those same principles so when you got people coming up in in say, let's say the last 20 years they grew up on the totally different principles so my biggest issue is the disconnect between our generation and this new generation I think without that um, or because of that, I think that's where we get a lot of people button heads or we get a lot of people, you know, um, going back and forth and just misunderstanding people. You know what I'm saying? That's like if I come from an Asian background, I only spoke, um, you know, like uh, Mandarin or something like that. And I moved to Calcutta. I'm going to have a difficult time. Right. You feel me? So it's kind of like that when it comes to connecting to somebody that you you're not familiar with their background, it's going to be an instant disconnect. And that's what you see every day. And now with the help of social media, there's more direct access than ever. So when it comes to us trying to like we can be talking the same language, but our brains are working totally different. So and how you and how you see them phrases to how somebody writes them it's going to look different to me than it looks to you. So like when someone says something sarcastic, I'm, I'm really like, I'm like, uh, I'm really technical. So I can see the sarcasm. So I'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. But there's some people that use Android phones and I did say Android phones, but they rule <laughs> Androids. So, you know, the Androids ain't going to see that. They're going to just see that as a pure diss and come hard. Like you said, um, the other thing, like you said, and you, and you touched on it, um, I think what messed messed up this whole 20 year gap is that, you know, we were in the infancy of MySpace and all that other stuff when we were coming up. I remember AOL and the little disc we had to pop it in and then <laughs> in the dollar, all we were worried about was instant messaging, whoever or whatever. We had pagers and the sky tells and all that stuff. We didn't jump on social media to air somebody out. We didn't jump on social media for emotion. We jumped on it for just pure communication because it was faster than calling you on a telephone Yeah, as we were coming up. 
And then when it got to a point where, you know, cell phones became too big and it got color screens, that's when, when the world changed. Basically, it was like after the death of MySpace, the world really changed. Because even when we were doing MySpace, everybody was just worried about putting their favorite music on there and doing whatever, having the <laughs> hottest page with the letters raining down. You know, I was just making sure I had a hot page. I was just fresh out of high school, probably. Mm. And Facebook was something in college. It was something we just used to communicate. I was just letting people know that I got them bootleg CDs and the bootleg DVDs on deck. <laughs> so they could come see me before I, I left for the weekend going back home, you know? And and now it's like people will use it as a, as that black and white journal that they used to write in. Cause you know, cats, they used to write in a journal and shit that they, but they do it out loud. Yeah. And one thing I learned, and even with that beef I had, not everything should be brought to the light. For sure. Yeah. Some stuff just got to sit down. Man, but, I don't I don't think that I don't think people can really get out their way sometimes, especially if that's all they know. You know what I'm saying? Like true. If all, all they know is is bitterness or to treat situations like this, then they'll never learn. And we we're, we're coming up in a generation and we're seeing them, you know, all learning life the hard way instead of, you know what I'm saying? Uh, throwing you know all that extra stuff to the side and just be like, look, let me slow down and let me take you know, since take my time instead of trying to rush to the end goal. Because like you said earlier, it's it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, and that's what life is. Right. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I tell you, the other thing that gets me though is like people thinking so much stuff is subliminal, like. Like that, that's one thing in this whole podcasting that I, I had to learn to be very careful about because somebody thought I did a sneak this because I was in a certain area because everybody knows that my area, I live in West Virginia, but I'm in Columbus, Ohio, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Well, I go out to these places. Right. And this is like this is some off the record, but on the record stuff. Now I go to these areas and there's podcasters that I deal with that live in these areas, but they don't want to come outside. You know, because of pandemic, but the pandemic's over. But I'll be in these areas and I'm promoting my other little venture called Sometime Cinema. We take the little projector, pop it up, do a cult movie. We don't charge nothing. We just do it on the side. That was just my shameless plug right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, I'll be in some of these areas and these people get get quiet. Like, and I ain't no thug. I'm from the suburbs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't, I'm not from nowhere bad. I'm from like where the cows, you know, just chill. Yeah. But anyway, we come to these areas and then. They'd be like, oh, man, you came through this area. You ain't come see me, blah, blah, blah. Man, I hit you up on this and that. And I'm like, yo, let's go to the to the arcade bar or something or Dave and Buster's or something. Show people that we all realistic and actually people. That's the, that's my only pet peeve in this thing is that people be like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. But when you're in a city, like I got the equipment, you know, I carry one mic. I carry three other mics and hook it into a dongle. That's right. A dongle. Yeah. I can do four microphones from my um my computer and I can make a live show just like anybody else with the headphones and everything without audio input or the little you know input thing. Mm-hmm. And people get real quiet when I come to their city. So that's the only thing that gets me though. And this whole thing is like people will um here, yeah, this is the point I was getting to. I'm sorry, because sometimes I black people will celebrate some of your triumphs, but they truly don't support you in this thing. Like like I'll give you an example, like what I do when I listen to your show, right? I catch your show on Spotify, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna listen to it there. Um, everybody knows I'm an Apple guy. 
every each Apple device, you have to download the different episodes onto those devices. So if I'm on a computer and I see, and I see remember your your uh, icon or something, I didn't throw it on the computer. So I'll definitely listen on the computer. The iPad, I take pictures and shit with that. So I ain't really gonna do too much listening on that. On the yeah. iPhone, I'm not gonna store nothing on my iPhone because that's my work phone, you know. Yeah. So I'll take time to listen, and I will definitely take two minutes out of my time to give you um some realistic feedback, like a review on your thing. So many people will listen to your podcast, listen for a listen. No, I don't do that. Just give me your review. Check them stars. If it's three stars, let me know why. And I'll see if it fits into my mode. If it don't fit into my mode, it won't be a meme. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true, though. I don't think, I don't think people... Uh, ever actually consider that when it comes to or they they take it too personal when it comes to like uh you know people celebrating you versus people supporting you you know for me uh support doesn't have to be you sharing my page or um you know telling all your friends about me support for me is sharing my videos or listening to my shows or hitting that like button or leaving a comment you know what i'm saying like or even buying some merch that's that's support for me you know what i'm saying so you ain't gotta you ain't gotta do it to show me that you're doing it you can do it quietly you know what i'm saying right you know what i'm saying it's not like on every platform you can see who's doing what but you can tell when someone isn't you know what i'm saying so for me right i always you know i had this discussion with somebody not too long ago and i said that uh uh, you shouldn't have to ask your friends or family to support you on anything. That's something that should come, unless it's, you know, something negatively infecting you. But, you know, if it's something positive that you're doing or something that you just starting out, like a podcast or whatever, support should come automatically. And what you find when it comes to certain ventures is that your biggest supporters, like you said earlier, somebody you don't know is a total stranger. You know what I'm saying? So, I focus yeah, and, on and that's them. the and, and that's the major thing. So, like, I'll tell people, even if you don't share no love, I tell you, this is my favorite thing, and this is this sounds so so wrong, but it's right to me. Um, this one dude, we was going back and forth. I was like, man, I like your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I said you do two of them. Well, the podcast you do with your group, I don't like. I don't like them. Me and me and y'all really got beef. Beef on here, and y'all know why we got beef. But you got this new show out, right? And it's like a different side of y'all. You and the other dude just, you know, stepped away from the rest of them. And that gave away who it was. But anyway, um, you stepped away from them. Y'all did another show. And this show is your Mona Lisa that smiles. I'm not going to follow you on Instagram, but I'm going to definitely show you the love on the podcast. And then I will shout you out in my weekly weekend shout outs. I will listen to your episode. But, you know, coming with the truth, I'm, you know, I'm a cancer. I'm born in July. So I'm Petty Murphy. Um, Richard Petty, um, Betty Petty, whatever. But I still have enough respect for these people as a whole because it's like I listened to it. And I was like, wow. And what it took was another group of podcasters that takes podcasts and reviews them, which is crazy. Uh, doing <laughs> this, and I, and I heard I heard this on the road. And I'm like, this these dudes. I really don't like these dudes in real life. But they podcast, no faking it or nothing. Is man, it's really good. I'm, I'm gonna put this on my subscribe list. Then we had a conversation later through DM, and I was like, "Yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing. You know, we don't get down, but I can't lie, your podcast good, you know." 
Yeah. So that, so that's how you, I treat situations, even if I like don't really care that much for somebody. Um, I'm gonna give you the the extent to listen to it, and then some people. I got one dude that deals with me, and he said, "Yo, I don't care what nobody does." He's like, "Turn your turn your iPad off and play my podcast while I sleep. Turn the volume down." He's like, "I just want the numbers." <laughs> he told me he wanted the numbers. I was like, "Yo, that shit can happen any night. I got electricity in these hotels that I'm in, you know, or when I'm at home. Most yeah. definitely, I can respect that. Your whole catalog will get listened to in one night because it'll just roll. Yeah. And even in doing that, it's still supporting them." Cause he told me exactly what he wanted. Cause I really wanted to listen to the podcast. He's like, nah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of thinking in the back of my head, why are you supporting? Why are you doing a podcast? He's like, nah, I just need them downloads or the plays or impressions. Yeah. So somebody got their whole little 42 uh, catalog done in two days, you know, in yeah. my sleep, but it's a support. If that's what they want, I'm going to support you however I can. Cause I know when I started out, it was that one set of them girls, them two girls, that gave me the business and supported me. It was like, we'll do your ad, then you put it out. We'll do all your little graphics. This is what you, we need you to do for us. Teach us how to get the hypeness in our in our podcast. Teach us how to, um, about like if you watch wrestling, Brock Lesnar has a guy named Paul Heyman that does the talking because he can't because Brock Lesnar can't sell a promo. Uh-huh. I'm kind of like Paul Heyman. I can I can do that promo water to a well, sand in the desert to a um camel. So you know <laughs> that's how that rolls. Hey, I mean you got to respect someone's honesty when it comes to them keeping it 100 about you know what they want from their show, and that's fine. You know for me, um, you know whether someone likes my show or not. I'd rather for them to take the information that was talked about on it and put it to good use or at at the least support my guests because I'm not bringing them on there for no reason. I'm not trying to get a bunch of views and go viral, nothing like that. My show is about my guests and it's not about me. It's about what they got going on and the information they got. So that's, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm looking for. And at the same time, have a, you know, uh, uh, a dope conversation you know what i'm saying i could talk all day but i'm not joe rogan um i'm pretty sure people's not gonna sit there and listen to me talk for two and a half <laughs> to three hours you know what i'm saying even though i can do that with his show depending on who's on the show because i'm a fan of both of them at the same time you know what i'm saying true, if he's true, sitting true. across from dave Chappelle or dan Aykroyd or you know uh what's my man name um uh, Alex something I can't think of his name but you know those are conversations I can listen to for three hours straight because I'm actually into the conversations that they have you know but not everybody does that a lot of people go for stories a lot of people go for you know sex talk a lot of people go for drama and then the rest is just you know murder mystery and true crimes or autopsy or, you know, strictly business, you know? <laughs> now, uh, real quick, I turn the tables in everybody's podcast because, like I said, I'm a talk show host. So, so let's talk about something that you bring to podcasting that I love, right? Okay. So you can be chilling somewhere and, you know, really not paying attention to the world. But before I listen to one of your episodes, man, you got trailers, Okay. You you put a little preview out there 
to entice people. Not a lot of people do that anymore because that's podcasting one-on-one. That's how you build an intimacy. Like you let me know if I need to listen this week or if I need to wait till Sunday and get you a, a listen, but not that quality one. And, and I'm not saying that in a rude way because we all have fire in our episodes, but sometimes that preview is the difference in me listening to something else. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm giving you to, to, to you as a fan when I say this. So what made you start doing trailers? Me personally, um, I didn't want to just put anything out because uh, when I first started, I was just like, I want to do this, but I got to make sure that I'm not just throwing something out there and expecting people to click on it. So in order for you to do that, you got to you got to give them a tease or you got to give them something that's going to catch their ear. Like, what did he just say? Kicking a rabbit in the face. That's different. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you know, I'm I'm always looking at for, you know, marketing skills in order to, to better anything that I do. So I just was like, all right, I got it. I got to do it like TV shows used to do it back in the day, back when uh, like TGIF back in the day. They show you a little oh, yeah. clip of what's coming on for Friday on like Monday, like after Jeopardy or whatever. Bow. That's what I'm going to do for my show. And that's how they knew I was going to stay home and not go to the skating ring. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. If I was gonna watch Family Matters, or if I was just gonna skip it, because that's all I cared about—that boys meets world. Forget step by step. (laughs) Now here's the next next thing. Oh yeah, it comes with age. Now another thing that you do in podcasting that is amazing, and and I give everybody merits, and and I give them testimonies, and I hate that I take over people's shows sometimes, but I'm just doing this real quick. We got a podcast collide inside the show. Nah, you good? You break up. You break up episodes. Mm-hmm. You were you were not that guy that's gonna sit there and have a four hour um show. We might record this for an hour and thirty minutes, but you're gonna break that joint up and have two episodes out of it. Who gave you that idea and who who made that stick with you? Because I see some people, and I'm talking, we're gonna go in the forty percentile that will put a three hour episode out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me. Um, after I put out my first initial episode, which ran for two and a half hours, um, I realized that the longest playtime on that was, you know, initially like 23 minutes outside of people I know that wanted to hear that conversation. So when it comes to getting feedback, that was one of the first things I was getting in the comments too long, too long, too long, or, you could have, you could have, uh, next time, you know, put timestamps, you know what I'm saying? So I, I took that as, okay, I could listen. If I was somebody that knew me, I could sit there and listen to these two go back and forth because I know these people. But since I was just starting out, I had to realize that I gotta, I gotta find a way to make that happen without overdoing it. So I broke it down. I said, okay, this will give people the option. You know, because some people, they'll skip through your show, wait till you talk about a certain subject and be like, okay, cool. Maybe I do want to listen to the rest of this because depending on the guest or depending on the topic, you know, people are going to be like, "Eh, maybe I don't want to hear them talk about politics, but I do want to hear them talk about prostitutes. You know what I'm saying? Not that I'm saying that's what we're talking about, but you know, they want that grit. Yeah. So that's, that's what you can, you can find that out by actually listening to the show. So, you know, dialing it back, sometimes it saves you from, you know, hitting a low or, 
you know, possibly, uh, you know, I don't want to say uh, bore your guests, but they feel like you just talking just to be talking. You know what I'm saying? And I never talk right, fill it for talk. the pie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to cover a bunch of airtime or nothing like that. Like the purpose of my show is to have a conversation that that people can adhere to. So if that conversation lasts an hour, that's great. If it's more than an hour, then, you know, it's best to break that up. You know what I'm saying? Because. Right. And I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Go ahead. I was going to say 